Does it matter what not. the interface to Spotify looks no, like? No, no. I think, I think it's I would be- use it if it was a little dog that ran around and said, hey, new Ariana Grande. Ruff, ruff. Paul, I, you can't see this on the podcast if you're listening because we don't have video. Thank but God. this is, I'm going to scroll for Paul. These are the Facebook app updates. It's the same. They just cut and paste. It's like whenever your yeah. Mac wants to update. But us. I'm going back six months ago. Sure. It's the exact same text. Sure. We update this app regularly. Yes. So I think this is a fascinating commentary, both on software and... Well, Facebook updates like once a week, right? Many do. And each has their own stock phrase. Well, first of all, let's talk about updates. You don't update anymore. No, like you don't go download software. There was a day. Yeah, where you would go get like a zip file or it would do it for you. Even in the App Store, there was a time where it wouldn't automatically do it. It would just say, do you want to do it? And I miss that option, Paul. Oh, you miss being able to opt in? Yeah. I'm so tired. Everything is, everything about a computer is like a toddler stamping its foot. What does that mean? Just meaning that like, even the little icons in the bottom of your Mac, when it, when it's open and they hop and, and it's like, you know, you don't update, you don't, your phone is like, Hey, I got some updates for you. Got some updates for you. This is a thing Uh, that the web is good at. Everybody's like, well, the web does this. When a web, when web software updates, you know what you do? What? Not a damn thing. You go to the yeah. web page and it kind of well, works. No, uh, to make uh, to defend this, you mm. don't do a damn thing on your phone either. Yeah, that's not but, my issue. But they're always changing your stuff. Stop touching the shit. That's the thing. Just everybody. What is? I mean, stop touching it. Yeah, just leave it alone. It's hard enough to get software to a good place. No, it really is hard enough to get. You software. know, a good example: Gmail. Gmail put out like Gmail. Sort of, there's about two years of the. 800 years of Gmail's development where the work was meaningful and made Gmail a better product. Yeah. And then there's 136 years. There's probably like 50,000 human years of labor that really should never have been done. Just stuff that didn't need to happen, made it worse, arguably made it worse, arguably made it better. Recently, it had like a facelift. Like Gmail had the equivalent of a lip injection. You know a good sign for me that everyone's lost their mind? Mm. Loading screens on web pages. That's a thing now. You go to Gmail and it gives you a little email, a little envelope. And the envelope does a little dance. I kind of like the envelope. Yeah, while your quad-core super mega computer um, (laughs) loads JavaScript, right? They couldn't, this is Google. They couldn't make a web page that shows me my email and then figure all the other stuff out in the background. They got to do a little dance. It's like before you go to a show. Dude, they they probably spent about $300,000 on that animation. I know, it's like Dancing Girls. I don't need it. By the way, Postlight's available for services. Yeah. If you want to animate an envelope opening Fine. or closing or a little car going from the left to the right of your screen, we're we're making discount pricing available. I'm so tired of it, too. This is, it's like I go to the theater to see Ibsen's Enemy of the People, serious play. What does Google do? That's what my email is. My email is like a serious Ibsen play that I cannot... Oh, you got to drop like a fancy playwright reference This now. is one of the most famous playwrights ever. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's I like know, a doll's house, a glo- right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. See, See I know, there I know you go. Yeah. That's, everybody knows that I used a common reference. All right. So here, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> look, let's categorize, Paul. No, no, but what I'm saying sometimes is... Sometimes like, there's bugs. Sometimes... Sometimes it's like, oh, oh shit. No, not sometimes. There's all... There's always bugs. There's always, there are always bugs. Fix the bug. My problem is when you thought you were making an enhancement. Here is the thing. When people oh, use stop. your thing all the time, mm-hmm. constantly, 
it gets embedded into muscle memory, right? And even though it's maybe a little slightly flawed, your thumb learns this little dance routine. I know. It just knows how to do it. Yeah, but this is what happens. Okay, great. You went to the store and you bought a hammer. That's really good. But it's a digital hammer. And there's 150,000 people who are working on it in, in Mountain View, California. But it, it's working. It doesn't matter, Rich, because what your hammer needs is a rubber chicken strapped to the top of it. Because otherwise, I don't have a job. I don't get to feed my family as the person in charge of putting rubber rubber chickens on top of hammers. I mean, look, it's worth talking about. Why you got to bring me it? your hammer. Here's the thing. As a business person... Why do you keep touching it? Because I have a job. Why wouldn't I look at that all this touching? Mm-hmm. Like... It seems gratuitous to keep touching that software Mm -hmm. and say, what are you doing? Can we create better value somewhere else? Why are you touching the thing? Because these are cultures. These are are like groups of human beings and cohorts that are mutually reinforcing, right? You're working on on Gmail. You're working on whatever, on the Facebook app. Yeah. Are you really going to turn to your per- the person to the left of you? And let's say you're working on like ad optimization strategies or making the little loading screen better or improving search quality, even though search just is never going to work really on Gmail because it, Google isn't really a search company. Do you turn to the person to your left and go, God, nothing I'm doing makes a difference. I'm going to go work at a coffee shop. I don't understand the question. You would never say that, would you? No. No, you'd say, I have to make the best possible loading screen I can because I've been told it's important to the product. No, but okay, let's go. Let's let's actually pick up a couple of examples because it sounds like we're just bitching here, okay? Apple, I, I love my Apple TV. It's really good. It's fast. Yeah, I've, tried, I've tried the Chrome. It's your third child. Chrome TV sort of janky. You got to get a Roku. Roku is like, doesn't even know what it is half the time. Roku is... Even the name. <sighs> It's like an old van. I bought a Super <laughs> Roku. It is. Roku is like a 70s van. I bought a Super <laughs> Roku, like one of the good ones. What, what, what's the difference? It has an animated... Um, it animates. That's no, all the difference No, no, is. no. It has an aquarium screensaver. That's not bad. It's really good, actually. Take that, actually. And it's 3D, and it's done by the same guy who used to do like old school Amiga pixel art. You know, that's that's a special place and in our hearts. In my heart. And the person in charge of, I think in charge of the OS, like low-level stuff on the Roku is Carl Sassenrath, who was one of the original Amiga people. So it's Okay, like, so look, you're, Amiga, you're, you're an edge yeah. case consumer, I'm going to say. I don't think anyone else has ever bought a Roku no, no. for these reasons. All right, so recently, Apple updated what's called the Apple TV remote. And this is a cool thing. Here's how it works, Paul. If you have mm. your phone, you don't need your remote. You can swipe down to your like mission panel or whatever it's called. Sure. And there's a little remote button and you can all, all of a sudden have access to your Apple TV. Works beautifully. In like half a second, I'm getting to my Apple TV with my phone. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. An update comes out. They sort of polished up the interface a bit. So it looks a little different, but they changed one thing. What did they change? I have to pick which Apple TV I want to How control. many Apple TVs do you have? I have one because I'm a normal person. But what are you picking from? I'm not an Apple executive. What are you four- picking from? You have to like click a button and then it drops them down? Yeah, I'll show you. Yeah, but if exactly. there's only one, it doesn't auto pick it? No. Okay, they need to go to The Hague and be tried for war crimes. That's terrible. No, this And this is based on an update that came out a month ago. Yeah. Remember okay. that battery pack they made? Why would you do that? That's It's like that battery pack. Remember when they made that battery pack for your iPhone? The battery. Oh, the, like that a, little hump yeah, on the back. Yeah, it looked like it still exists. Hunchback in Notre Dame. It's yeah, kind of really? weird, right? Yeah. I don't know how that one got through. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's a special case where the edge case won. Because somehow someone somewhere along the way. Oh, because everyone at Apple has 12 Apple TVs. That's, that's the why. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. They've got seven of them at home. It's like, I can't live with this. How do I know which one I'm controlling? This has been driving me crazy for years. I'm so glad we finally did it. <laughs> for me. Yeah, for me. Well, no, because everybody has this problem. So change it back, Apple, if you if you don't mind. 
Or put some logic in. I detected one Apple TV on the Wi-Fi. What do you think? Is that not hard? There probably are. There are two Apple employees listening. Demographically, there have to be two Apple employees listening to this podcast. This is what they they hear. And then they go, (laughs) that's their entire reaction. Whoever you are, we wish you well. And we can hear you out there going, (laughs) because they don't care. Because No, that's not true. I think they do care. I'll tell you why. I think Apple TV is a wonderful source of lock-in. I don't know how I would move to Android, considering how it all flows for me right now. Sure. No, look, they'll think it through. And if enough people complain, the thing with Apple is it just pretends that users aren't real. And but then like 8 million people whine and they go, okay, that said, man, I don't know what's going on because they used to make computers and laptops that were good. And now they don't. Well, there used to be, I mean, there was a day you had to, first of all, video games are the best. There was a day when your video game console didn't have what connectivity. Yeah. Zero. When you had to go and press 3 million DVDs, Oh, yeah. CDs oh, the like PlayStation, PlayStation 2, 1 games, the risk involved. It had to be airtight. Yeah, there was no service pack. It had to be airtight. Yeah. Even Microsoft Word, I remember used to, it worked, but the updates, sometimes you'd get this stack of disks oh, yeah. that you had to run through to get a full update yeah. of Word out. So the pressure to do it right and to not only do it right, and by right, I don't just mean bug-free. Like, like Nintendo, oh boy, we released a game and Mario isn't wearing pants. We made a little silly error and everybody's like, oh, Nintendo, you're so quirky. Yeah. But Sony, PlayStation, like Gran Turismo, the card is, is purple instead of pink. Yeah. People you, will come to your house and kill your family. They will drive their cars into your house. Yeah. It will not work. So I think this isn't just about bugs. I think this is also about features and kind of forcing that constraint so that you're thinking through, okay, well, this is good. This is good now. Leave it Mm -hmm. alone. This is good. I opened Facebook once, and for whatever reason, they added the ability for me to sell whatever extra vegetables I had in my kitchen. Absolutely necessary. It was the most bizarre thing. I could sell anything all of a sudden. Six months, 35 people. I think more. Yeah, right. Probably a couple hundred people. And then they killed it like two months later, right? This is, I think, what's actually very tricky with the giant software platforms is it used to take four trillion people to do anything. Like Windows, like the Microsoft Word ribbon probably took the entire state of Oregon, you know, two years or Washington and Oregon. But I actually, you know, like a seven person team can ship something at Facebook now. I think that's true. And it can ship something significant. And I don't think the giant platforms used to be able to go like, well, you know, if 500 people are working on it, it's better going to be good. But now it's like, whoa, we got continuous integration. We can keep shipping software. It's It's velocity. There's another thing they can do. They can test it just on New Zealand. That's right. See how it goes. That's right. Like that's something that they have real control over. I want to spend the rest of this podcast talking about one company, Paul. Which company because is that? Because there is one company that represents the most extreme abuse of constant touching. And that is, well, let me, re, let, me, let me reveal the company I'm talking about through the release notes for our recent updates. We're always making changes and improvements to Spotify. <laughs> to make sure you don't miss a thing, just keep your updates turned on. Bug fixes and improvements in this version include fixed performance issues. <laughs> yep. This is a lie, Paul. And by the way, I'm showing Paul again that every single update has the same text. I use Spotify every day for hours. It, it is like being married to a shape-shifting witch. I think I opened it up once and it was just symbols. There was no actual English language. You never know thing. what's going to happen. You're like, oh, here, hey, my playlists are here. And they go, <laughs> 
Yeah, well. Yeah, no, 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 no. As we're listening to this podcast, and they'll fix it soon, but as we're listening to this podcast right now, for whatever reason, my offline listening has stopped working. Oh, of course. Train. Of course it has. Um, it, it, there's offline listening, so if you're not connected, you can keep listening to music. It's all broken now yeah. because they did something. Spotify um, is like one SQL query over a giant <laughs> database of music that has been turned into the abuse of a relationship of trust. There is a part of me that envies their willingness to yeah. just keep fucking around. Select keep artist. Keep around. Select artist by name. <laughs> Semicolon. It is, it's pretty amazing. I think, I don't know the exact architecture. I think the whole thing is just layers of JavaScript, I think. Well, I don't know about on desktop. On web, that's true. On like on desktop web, yes, and it is. It's like, or at least up until recently, it was, Lots of different teams owning different parts. And then they and would they had glue a, a very particular model around how they're willing to just move software yeah. through, try it, give it a go. But holy hell for the user, it is something. It really is. It I mean, really is I think else. what's wild is, is that mobile changes so rapidly. And you can't, and I, but also I use the app so much. Yeah. That it's this intense and surreal relationship that I have with no other app that I use. I just don't know what the hell's going on. And they kill features too. That's the other thing. It's not just like the oh. purely, it's not like the old Microsoft model well, where it's some, like, keep some going. Dashboard. There's no. some dashboard there called was, like the easy listening oh, dashboard. You used to be able to hit a button and hear a preview of a song. You know what I love? I love looking through new releases and seeing what's new. Just I just enjoy that. In the notes? No, no, in music. In Spotify. Yeah, it's and getting harder. used to be something you could do. You'd be no. like, hey, I wonder what music no. came out. But they don't no, want no. you doing anything, no, actually. They, they, they'll figure that out for you. That's they, what's happening. I mean, this is what's tricky. The algorithms are quite good. You're not going to believe this. I'm sitting looking at updates. I'm interrupting you. I apologize. Go ahead, go. But I, breaking I, news. I, I kid you not, breaking news. I'm, I just refreshed for new updates. And there's in a Spotify. new update. There's a new Spotify mm -hmm. update. Of course like there is. as we're talking right now. Before the end of this podcast, there'll be another one. Sure. So there'll be probably two updates while we're talking this through. How do they decide what gets into that feature roadmap? I'm assuming it's something like, hey, we should put this in the feature roadmap. And everybody goes, yes. Is that? No, I mean, obviously I not. They, they're really good. They're like really they're, smart. Well, I think they're aggressive about the decision-making process. I think they're thinking utterly this jewel. I'm like, holy moly. Yeah. That's spectacular, whatever that was. Utterly indifferent to what users want. I'm going to try to explain their rationale and many others' <laughs> rationale. I think they're thinking, you know what? There's probably so much me like measurement wired into that app. Sure. Well, they're trying to and they're trying to make those algorithms work because that's where growth is. And they're also kind of seeing what people are doing. And I think what they're doing is like, you know what? Let's just throw shit at the wall. Every so often, it'll be just this wondrous little tweak that just added 11% to engagement. I, I 2% to engagement. Because they're at such a scale with so many millions and millions of users and billions of dollars of revenue, that what choice do they have? I mean, you look at, Well, how big is the analytics team at Spotify? Oh, it's probably, hopefully, larger than the product team. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> yeah, it better be. Look, if I'm Spotify, what do I really have? I have this amazing defensive mode around the licensing relationships that I've built with my licensees of music. Mm -hmm. And I have a really, really high quality, at this point, database of recorded music that and a streaming service. Yeah. Right? And then I have this... Then got I all have, the pieces. I got to let people talk to it somehow. I think when history looks back, they're going to go... Spotify, what an amazing company, they were able to create those relationships. No one is going to say, Spotify, they drew a circle and put a triangle inside of it and changed the world. That's right. 
right? So I think that's right. The problem is you have a product culture at a company like that. And, and of course, like they want to do really good work. But I wonder at some level, this might get a little meta, does it matter? There are things that matter. If technology moves in a certain direction, yeah. such that if I touch my cheek, I can go forward and backwards yeah. in a track. Spotify better support it. Like if a phone comes out that has certain capabilities. Yeah, but they're not going to create that. No, they're not going to create They're that. not going to create That's that. That's why they... Remember when Snap was going to make glasses? I think they did make them. Yeah, they did. There's only... There's why so they few... They keep going after glasses. Everybody does because hardware is the ultimate glory. Then you own the whole platform. Everybody yeah. wants that. They want that. And it's... It's so hard. Nobody can admit how hard it is. It's, it's just, real uh, hard. It's so hard. Because when you admit hard. how hard it is, you admit that you're stupid. Apple is smart. They're giant. They're globe spanning. They control too much. They're not always acting in everybody's best interest. Their latest keyboards are like petting a cat's ear, and, and, and the cat just keeps <laughs> biting you, and parts of the cat keep falling off. But their shipping hardware is so hard. It's their core. I mean, it's their product. It's like that's what they're about, right? Yeah, it is hard. And but the hard part of Spotify was building licensing relationships with giant music players and getting some, even it and took and then them like forever to get Metallica and the Beatles. Well, and just like never stopping, even when Apple Music shows up, even when Google Play shows up, just never stopping. I, they don't. I think they had no choice. They just said we're going right. to build the moat any way we can. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to have podcasts. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You all can't have them. I want to latch something else onto this, a feature change that was very counterintuitive. I don't know if we talked about this in a prior podcast. When a feature's taken away, mm. uh, it, sometimes it's a really mm. wonderful Pitchforks come out. Well, no, wait. No, wait. This one was an interesting one. Uh, what feature? So, do what? you remember surge pricing? Yeah. Okay. Surge pricing was if there's less cars on the road, the price goes up. There's like this pure implementation of, of like Adam Smith yeah. and real-time dynamics and real-time capitalism. It's raining, people are using cars, you're going to pay more to get one. Yep. It was a nice thing because it incented drivers to go out and drive and provide more inventory for people to consume, right? Or not. People have opinions about this, but let's, for the purpose of the argument, let's say this was a nice thing. No, no. It's, uh, it was just a thing. It not a nice thing. or, okay. nice, or yeah. not nice. Yeah. nice thing for certain drivers that knew how to take advantage of it. Yep. Not nice for consumers who had to pay more. But... A PR great groundswell. Great for Uber, too. Well, great for Uber, of yeah. course. A PR groundswell kicked in. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it was framed as exploitation. You're exploiting consumers who need a thing. And Uber tried to explain itself. I think for New Year's, they were like caught at cost. Like it was, they kept it cheap because so people didn't drink and drive. Nobody they did wants, all kinds of nonsense. Nobody wants to internalize market demand. How did they fix it, Paul? How did they fix it? How did they fix it? Do you know how they fixed it? Tell me. They just removed it. They removed the visual cues and the signaling that something was about to get more expensive. But the it's, pricing still goes up. It still goes up. Yeah. It's just not there. It's not visually represented. It's just, hmm, this was nine bucks yesterday, but it's drizzling out and now it's 13. Now, I tried to take a car home on the first night of Ramadan, mm-hmm. which is a big, iftar, it's a big, it's a big event. And it was like three times more expensive. Everybody's eating. I took a bus. That is a case where a feature update was actually something was excluded. They actually decided to communicate less with the consumer, which seems unfair. And you're, they decided to become less transparent and the problem went away. Mm-hmm. Very fascinating. Oh, me. yeah. Remove the copy. Great solution. <laughs> Remove the copy. Yeah, yeah. I want to end it with this. Can you, can you, like if Spotify hits a rough patch, right, and they have to like rejig earnings, 
Could you lop off a third of engineering and really not feel the impact from a product perspective? Look, the thing I hate about our industry, and I hate to say it as a software services firm, is you can always lop off a third of engineering. Ooh. You can lop off a third of marketing. I mean, this is the brutal part. Nobody knows which third. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody, nobody volunteers. You know, one of the best things you can do, actually, <laughs> is lop off a third of engineering and hire like a sharpshooter agency <laughs> like ourselves, Postlight 101 Fifth That's Avenue. right. We call that the blood feast. Um, <laughs> the blood feast offering. The, now, look, of course you can. Of course you can. It, it is, except that you can't if you're in a giant matrix organization where there's enormous communication needs about every decision driving strategy. Then mm -hmm. you need all those humans. Mm -hmm. But to actually execute and to build the thing, it's, it's look at how many things that we build that are just basically Salesforce underneath. Because why re-implement a customer relationship manager? So it can be done. Sure. It, it truly can be done. It can. I think the thing is, there is an element of you need to own control your your content and your platform and your tech and your destiny. I think it's a bit of paranoia. Like yeah. you ha we have to stay on top of this. It's competitive paranoia. Well, and I take a third away and I replace it with something off the shelf or I glue a few external services together. If I'm really at scale, I'm now under pressure because mm -hmm. I just I don't own my platform top to bottom. I think there's another bid here. When you rip a third away, you break all the fabric. It's hard to recover. But you got to keep in mind, this is a collection of humans. Yep. And when you lop off a third, a lot of, a lot more is going to go. And it becomes, it's, it reminds me of Yahoo as it this was is sort the of thing. bleeding for a while. People ask this question, you know, could we, could we get rid of a third of the people in engineering? The answer is probably yes. Thing will stay up. It'll keep running. And then you have 18 months of restorative cultural work ahead of you. Tons. So you need to decide, like... There's no easy, good way to do And then they're like, oh, we'll outsource. And it's like, yeah, and then everybody's going to quit here because they know there's no stability. It just keeps bleeding. Like you're going to create a radical and disruptive situation and people lie to themselves about how traumatic that is. And if keeping talent close to you matters at all, you're going to be in big trouble and you're going to have an unbelievable amount of work to do. That's right. That trade-off is tricky. And frankly, I don't think people are mature half the time that they make it. They think that there's some that they're going to be able to cheat and change human nature. Not happening. Never happens. So speaking of human nature, stop touching my shit. I paid a lot of money for my phone. I pay you every month. I don't even know who I pay every month at this point. It's uh, getting more and more invisible, frankly. I'm sure I have 50 apps that updated, you know, in the last it, week. I have no idea. No, I have no idea. You have no idea. And and every so often, it's wonderful. The thing with Spotify is you use it. You use it constantly. And so you notice that they just move shit around at random. Like just, in that Matt Damon movie where there's like people keep rearranging reality. Yeah. Yeah. That's Spotify. Poltergeist. Yeah. Spotify's product team is essentially the ghosts in Poltergeist. <laughs> You're like, I was sitting in that. Where's my chair? Let's, let's close this with we are both spotify consumers well we wouldn't have we this, love spotify we wouldn't have this many and we i know many people who work there yeah <laughs> uh we uh we wouldn't be having this conversation except from a place of love exactly this is how we build it this, this is, is how we build that relationship this is if you listen to this podcast for career advice what you just heard was two spotify fans saying how much they like the product. Bingo. That's the worst part and the best part about this industry. You know what we specialize in, Paul? Software Touch. updates. We build stuff. We build platforms, apps, mobile experiences. If you want that weekly update to yeah. go out, we'll do that for you. Yeah. We'll yeah. get it into the app store. and we, we Every week. Everything we're complaining about, we, <laughs> we will, will do. do for you. Absolutely. For money. You want an app built on top of your giant API just like Spotify? Yeah. Get in touch. 
Anyway, we have done some great work for clients like Vice, Bloomberg, Goldman Sachs, it just a, a lot of wonderful clients, big sprawling platforms, as well as the smaller clients. And like Facebook. Startups and... <laughs> we like them um, big and small and in between. Yes. We, we like all the clients. So reach out. We'd love to talk. Hello at postlight.com. Have a great week. Bye.